And welcome to episode 36 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McKay. Thanks for rocking with us once again. You can find me at DMAC underscore LA. That's at DMAC underscore LA. All news related to the Get More Sports Podcast. You're going to find right over there. But on today's special Friday episode of the Get More Sports Podcast, we welcome Clipper Daryl. Clipper Daryl, he came through and he brought it on the Get More Sports Podcast. He was talking all things Los Angeles Clippers, his expectations for next season. Oh, and you will not want to miss how he found out that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were becoming Clippers, his thoughts on the Clipper-Laker rivalry. But we're going to get into all that in just a second. But we're going to get things kicked off and talk a little NFL. Because last night really felt like the first night of the season. You had 11 games, 22 teams in action in the NFL last night. I almost felt like that Ron Paul gif where he's with the laser saying, it's happening, it's happening. Because last night really felt like the first night of the season. And really the story was about Kyler Murray. So when it comes to the NFL preseason, some people don't watch, some people think that they need to shorten it. But really, when it comes to the NFL preseason, the storylines come when you have young quarterbacks getting their first snaps in the NFL. And last night, Kyler Murray, the number one draft pick, the number nine pick from the Oakland A's, the Heisman winner from Oklahoma, he had his first snaps in the NFL. And really, it was a small sample size of four or five, he threw for 44 yards in 10 plays, and it was a small sample size from a quarterback, really, where all the talk is that he is small. And you had people on Twitter, there was a tweet that said they had a, a video of him running out with the offensive lineman. Someone tweeted that it was like he looked like a make a wish kid. To me, it reminded me of Rudy from the movie Rudy, where he's running out with the offensive lineman, or I was thinking about those backyard football games with the, the little animated characters. But look, yes, he is small in stature. But I'm telling you, the kid can play. The kid can play. And it's not that he's just that he's fast and agile. I mean, if you look at him, there's a lot to like with Kyler Murray. And your first impressions last night were that, look, Cliff Kingsbury, yes, he's a college guy. He's a guy, he ran that air raid offense at Texas Tech. He spurned USC to go to the Cardinals, and really you saw what you're probably going to see for his career there. A lot of intermediate throws, a lot of slants, a lot of quick reads, a lot of shotgun. Every single play last night was out of the shotgun. You had him. Again, there's going to be no more hard counting. (laughs) It's going to be just clapping and clapping for Kyler Murray. But what would really impress me with Kyler Murray last night is when you have a quarterback with that kind of speed, that kind of agility, that it's about those those lanes are there to pick up those 8, 10, 12 yards. Those lanes are going to be there. But Kyler Murray, his instinct is to break that pocket to look for guys downfield. And he, this guy's got so much zip, such a quick release. He's got a cannon. And I'm telling you, there's all these concerns. Yes, he's maybe 5'11", if he's wearing like kiss boots, right? Or he's not the biggest guy. He's probably just a shade over 200 pounds. But look, it's hard to rock a guy when you can't get to him. And I'm telling you, this guy is Mighty Mouse back there. And the way he just looks for guys downfield, I really think that it uh, it really compensates for that that atrocious 
that atrocious Cardinal offensive line that was the worst in the NFL last year and was the reason why they really only won three games under Josh Rosen. But you had to like what you saw with Kyler Murray, the number one pick in the draft. And it, I, I'm just I want to I want to say he's going to be a bust. I want to say, hey, look, you, there's no way a five ten quarterback is going to come in here and take over this league. But this guy, it's not that he's fast; it's that he's quick, and it's not that he can get plays; it's that he can that he can make throws and get quick reads. And just the NFL is changing. Look, if this was the '80s, if this was the '80s, the '90s, early '90s, the '70s, where you couldn't protect the quarterback and you could get to the quarterback and just rock him and throw him to the ground, it's not like that. You know why? Because you can't even sneeze at a quarterback these days without getting a 15-yard unsportsmanlike roughing the passer penalty. They are going to be protecting quarterbacks. And I think in this era, Kyler Murray, you got to get ready. It's going to work out. He's going to be, at worst, a solid to good NFL quarterback. At best, this guy is going to take over the league, and there's going to be a buzz surrounding Kyler Murray. And it's just very exciting if you're a Cardinal fan. And really, if you're just an NFL fan, look, one of my favorite players growing up was Michael Vick. And I hate to throw that comparison because, look, he's not as fast as Michael Vick. No one was as fast as Michael Vick. And Michael Vick had a had a frozen rope to him too. But it's that same feeling. It's that same feeling that right when he says, right when, right when the ball is hiked to him, you're just on pins and needles. Where is he going? Is he throwing? Is he passing? There's that electricity. There's that magnetism to his game. And I really like what I saw with Kyler Murray. Our Get More Sports Fact of the Day is going to be Kyler Murray from Texas. And the Lone Star State is throwing out number one draft picks left and right. Five of the last ten draft picks have been from the state of Texas. Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, Andrew Luck, Matt Stafford all went to tech, uh, all from Texas, and so was Kyler Murray. Other quarterback in action for the first time last night that I was excited to see was Dwayne Haskins. So Dwayne Haskins, really more of a a, a, a larger sample size. He was he went eight for fourteen for 117 yards, no touchdowns, two uh, interceptions in six series. So Dwayne Haskins. He flashed that rocket arm. Now, when it comes to a, just a raw arm, I really think Dwayne Haskins has a cannon attached to his arm. And one, one thing I loved about him, too, was the fact that you saw he can make plays out of that bootleg. It was a really nice play, 27-yard bootleg throw pass, and that's really going to be the money play for him because, look, he can get you plays in the pocket. He can hit receivers over the middle, but it's when he breaks the pocket, he can shed a couple tackles, he can get some on the ground. But really, it's decision-making. He can't force anything. And Dwayne Haskins is a guy that I'm very high on for the Washington Redskins. So he looked good last night. Not as good as promising as Kyler Murray. But Dwayne Haskins, I think that he does he does really look like a future pro ball quarterback to me. Because that arm, he just has so much arm talent. And really, he's really raw. Really, only one year as a starter at Ohio State came out as a redshirt sophomore. So Dwayne Haskins, I think, is going to do big things, especially wanting to prove to the New York Giants in his division that they messed up, that they totally whipped and should have picked him up. And then last thought last night is about Josh Rosen of the Miami Dolphins. I watched that game closely. Look, make it no secret, 
I'm a I'm a jo- I root for Josh Rosen, UCLA guy. I think that the Arizona Cardinals did him a little dirty. And last night he threw a pick, but man, the throws he was making last night, Josh Rosen. You're talking fades. You're talking late reads, throwing into tight windows. I mean, these are plays that that really show how potentially refined Josh Rosen can be. Their offensive line struggled at times, really had no time to throw in certain in certain plays. But I'm telling you, throw him out there with the ones and you play him with the with the with the with the first team. And I think Josh Rosen's a guy who looks right now that he's gonna take that starting spot and he looks like a top, a potentially top-tier NFL quarterback. He, he made throws last night. If you look at his highlights, some of the throws he made last night were just beyond his years. I'm telling you, you're talking about throwing two spots, not receivers. And that, to me, is when a quarterback has a special arm, is when you're throwing guys open, you're not throwing to targets. One of my big criticisms uh, with Dak Prescott is he locks on to guys and he really just throws it to receivers, whereas Josh Rosen, it looks like there's no throw there, and all of a sudden, it's a bang-bang play. You saw a couple of those last night. So that's an interesting storyline to watch out in Miami Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick versus Josh Rosen. But now we're going to get into our interview with Clipper Darrell. Now, Clipper Darrell is a special guy. I mean, this guy, you know Clipper Darrell. He is, it really hit me how big of a fan he was. When I was, I was at a game, I was at a game, it was a UCLA basketball game, and you had this fan going off. He was cheering, getting the whole section going, and I thought, oh, he's the he could be he's the Clipper Daryl of UCLA fans, right? And when someone's great at their profession, when someone's great at their sport, Tom Brady is the Michael Jordan of football. When someone is a great fan now, they're the Clipper Daryl of their fan base. So that's how you know that you made it. But we're gonna bring in Clipper Daryl. So enjoy the interview. excited to be joined by Clipper Daryl. He joins the Get More Sports podcast. And I just want to start off by saying that I don't think I've ever been this happy for a fan of a fan base than I am for Clipper Daryl. No fan, no super fan has been ride or die for their team like Clipper Daryl has. And as you'd imagine, you must be on cloud nine for the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George news. But I just want to get into the origins of Clipper. Daryl, I was reading on your Wikipedia page that you got fired from a job and that inspired you to be a Clipper fan. I mean, Spider-Man got bitten by the radioactive spider. Hulk was exposed to the gamma rays. Give me a little of the origin story of Clipper Daryl. Turn the TV on. Clipper gang comes on. They said the same thing about them, how horrible they were, how they were never about anything. And I said, this is going to be my team. We're going to ride and die together. And then fast forward to seven years, eight years later, when I actually could afford season tickets, I never looked back. You know, um, I was following them on, on the radio, listening to Rob Lawler on the radio, just having having a good time. And when I really got season tickets in the year 2000, man, it was like a like it was I was, I was in dreamland. You know, to. Uh, you know, just having just having that experience, you know, and I've only missed two games. When I became a season ticket holder in 2000, I've never, I've never looked back. I've only missed two games in 19 seasons. That's incredible. Two games in 19 seasons. 
You're always in the mix. You're rocking the suit, the blue and red suit. I know you're a native of Los Angeles. You've always been uh, from Los Angeles, and you've probably gotten this question a lot. But what was the? Re- did you ever ever consider replacing that? Not before the fact. Were you ever a Laker fan at any point? And was it ever about the purple and gold or any point at any point? Whereas, or has it always been about the Clippers for you? It's always been about the Clippers for me. Um, I used to watch. You know, my you know my parents my, my parents are, are like a fan, so but I've always just looked at the games with them, just had fun with them. But I was never I was just a fan of the game. I would I didn't have no fan. I didn't have no fandom until I became a Clippers fan. I I got you. Yeah, I mean. And, and, and really, what's it like? Because you, you've been in this town. You know about the Lakers, 16 championships. You got people saying it's always going to be a Laker town, and this and that. I myself, I'm from Los Angeles. Full disclosure, I grew up a Laker fan, but I've always respected. I'm the, sorry to hear about that. You're sorry to hear about that. I know. Hey, I'm just keeping it real with you. Hey, for the record, I'm rocking Clipper Blue right now out of respect because you're coming on the show. But, you know, you heard people saying, oh, the Clippers, they haven't made it past uh, the second round of the Western Conference Finals. They've never made it to a championship. I'm saying, hey, you got to live in the now. And what do you say to those fans, the Laker fans, that always want to talk about their history and all the banners? What do you say to them now that you've landed Kawhi Leonard and you, you, you made the trade for Paul George, you have the owner with the deepest pockets, probably the best run. I don't think Jerry West was messing around. I believe Jerry West, that he's playing for the best-run organization in the NBA. What do you have to say to Laker fans right now? I'm not trying to get you to start a war with Laker fans, but what are your thoughts on that? The Laker era is over. It's Clipper time. All right. Hey, <laughs> it's a Clipper town, right? It's a Clipper town. No, so it's Clipper time. It's Clipper time. Oh, it's Clipper time. It's Clipper time. This is the Clipper time. Have you in, – in going into this season, going into this season, I just want to kind of get a little bit of a background – before this season, before Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who was your favorite Clipper of all time, Clipper, Daryl? I don't have one. As long as you put on a red, white, blue uniform, I got love for you. Respect, respect. So it can be a Michael Olua Candy or Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, as long as they're rocking the red, white, and blue, you, uh, you salute them. I like that. So what was your favorite Clipper moment of all time? Can I get your favorite Clipper moment of all time? Uh, 2006 playoffs, man. When Donald stood and asked me to get on, get on the team plane, get on the flight of the team plane, uh, and then uh, I got to ride out. Um, I got to ride out Game Seven and going to Phoenix in the playoffs, and he put me up in the Ritz Carlton, and you know it was like it, it was like a fan's dream come true. You know, and Elton Brand, Elton Brand bought the tickets for me to go to the game that day. Wow! Hey, that's tough to top. You you got it like that. You got it like that. What do you now? What do you, what do you think about all these thoughts? You know, you got Steve Ballmer and this guy. You know, he's crazy. He just brings that energy. You hear people saying, "Oh, is a little extra." I'm telling people, hey, you guys do realize that Clipper Daryl has brought this level of energy for decades now. One of these days, I'm waiting for Steve Ballmer to rip his mask off and reveal Clipper Daryl like Mission Impossible <laughs> style. What are your thoughts on Clipper Daryl? I'd imagine you love this guy, right? I love him, man. He's, he's the, uh, the most energetic, smart owner that you can ever have. Man. I mean, you know, this is a, that's why I call it the Steve Palmer era because it, it has changed the way people look at the Clippers now. Um, now having Kawhi and having PG has changed a lot. But before beforehand, I mean, I had a chance when he first started owning the team. The first game of the season was against the Lakers 
Clippers Lakers game, and um, it was the Lakers home game, and I got I got I got a chance to sit next to him. I was two seats over, and we was high fiving, chest bumping, and I was doing the Let's Go Clippers chant, and he was doing a defense chant, and we was cheer, cheering his team on. Man, to have an owner like that, man, he was, I would have never guessed that man was worth forty forty billion dollars. You know what I'm saying? It was like two friends at a game having fun cheering their team on, man. And that's what I love about it because he don't he let his money do the talking. He let his let his people do the work, and he just he goes out and enjoys being a fan. Yeah, exactly. I really think that it's the model with Steve Ballmer. You know, it's he's got that kind of money where he pretty much has more more scraps than every owner in the league combined. But really, it seems like he hires the best people. Doc Rivers, highest paid coach in the league. Um, you got Jerry West, Lawrence Frake. He just has really developed an infrastructure there. And I was thinking, I, I really want to propose this to some of the uh, the NBA networks like TNT and ESPN. I want a split a split screen cam, one on Steve Ballmer and one on you for the entire for the entire season, because I know it's going to be super lit. How honest? I mean, and just take me back. I kind of want to just know. What was your reaction? What was it like if I'm hanging out with you, it was a late night, a Friday night, and your phone blows up. First you get the news about Kawhi Leonard. Then you get the news about Paul George. Just give me your initial reaction. How were you reacting in that moment? Man, I was asleep in the moment. My <laughs> boy, I was, I was, I was asleep. When I, when, I, when I got the news, I was asleep. My boy, uh, Tony Farmer, he's playing NBA, called me. And uh, he said, he said, Daryl, did you hear the news? I said, what news, man? He said, he said, man, y'all just got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I said, Tony, I'm asleep. Don't mess with me, man. <laughs> okay. I got to get, because I was going to Vegas. I was going to Vegas the next day, because that's when the Clippers and the Lakers were going to play. And uh, that's when the news, that's when he, uh, he told me, he told me because, and then he said, D, have I ever called you late at night playing with you? I said, that is true. Then my other phone started ringing. And then I started getting a bunch of texts, and I knew what was happening. And then I said, man, I'll call you back, baby. Appreciate it. And then, man, I went I went and did a video. And I was Snoop. Told you, Snoop, we was getting it. Yeah, that's, I love Snoop. that. And then, uh, and then thanking everybody. And, then I, I, and, and, and I'm walking around in my pajamas, running up and down the street in my PJ. <laughs> And then I get, came in the house, got dressed, jumped in the car, shot down the Staples Center, and <laughs> started went to the Marriott, man, started doing some stuff with the DJ, went over to Staples Center, did another video. <laughs> man. And then, uh, man, I just, I just had to, I couldn't sleep, eat, man. Like, I don't drink nor smoke, man. I'm so high right now, man. I'm not, and I'm not coming down till June. <laughs> are you, are you, I mean, are you still, are you still on cloud nine? I mean, it's been a minute now. Man. Is it starting to fade? I mean, are you still I'm, right nah. in the mix, in the, in the middle of it? Nah, I'm still in the middle of it, man. This is, this is the dream come true. This is when you, you know, this is when you tell kids, you say, because I do a lot of motivational speaking, so I talk to a lot of kids, you know, elementary, junior high, and high school. So I talk. And, you know, I tell them dreams do come true, but this is a dream where you, you know, you, I sat here and I said, man, be a player away from getting to the, to the NBA finals, man. And I wanted Kawhi to get here. And, you know, my gut was telling me Kawhi was coming, you know, friends, friends, friends that I know in the NBA was telling me Kawhi was coming, but Paul George was a gut hit. That was like, oh, yes, baby. Yeah, no, that's what, that was that was what I was going to ask you next because 
I mean, going into the process, the week leading up, I don't know about you, but I got totally carried away. I mean, my thumb was just wearing out, just refreshing, refreshing on Twitter. I was just following every lead. How were you leading up to the process? Were you on pins and needles? Were you constantly checking? Were you a nervous wreck? How were you leading up to it, and how confident were you that Kawhi Leonard, was it a gut instinct? How confident were you that he was ultimately going to be wearing that red, white, and blue? You know, I, I got scared for a minute there. Don't get me wrong. I really got scared because when they said that 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 the Lakers was no longer was no longer uh I mean the Clippers was no longer in the uh, in the running and it was about the Lakers and the Raptors. Then I was like, wait a minute, hold up. Six hours later, a day later, the Clippers ain't said nothing. The Clippers ain't did nothing. It was quiet. That's what I liked. I said, Okay. No, we, we still in the we still in the making. We 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 good. We good. We good. So I'm not even gonna fade. I'm not even gonna worry about that. That's the way the media wants it to turn because you know you see her. Everybody was wrong. Janet Rose said it was 99 percent sure. I mean, come on, man. Uh, Chris Broussard. You know, all these guys thought they knew, man, but nobody knew. Kawhi was waiting on the Clippers to make the move for Paul George, and that's when he made his decision. You know, and, that was and- that. That was it. And that was it. And that and the thing about Kawhi Leonard, it just to me, it never felt it uh, for a guy who goes to Toronto. He wins a championship, his second Finals MVP, with really maybe no other top fifteen players. I just really didn't see a scenario where he joins the marquee, the Lakers, the purple and gold with LeBron and Anthony Davis. That just did not feel like the claw that I've known in his entire NBA career. And you just got to really respect the Clippers organization because he does that. He has that meeting with Magic. It felt like there was a lot of leaks. He goes to Toronto. There was the whole fiasco with the helicopter. They basically turned it into just a, a huge circus. And the Clippers, they remained stealth, and they made that move. And really, I think it was just the biggest – I mean, would you agree with me that landing Kawhi Leonard and making the trade for Paul George – was the biggest moment in Los Angeles Clippers history? Oh yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, I agree with you 150. percent Right? I mean, man, that's, I mean, man, that 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 was bananas, man. That's why it, it just felt so good, and it still feels good, man, to see these guys, man. It, it was like a, it was a turning, it was a turning point uh, for 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 Clippers fans. And, and the crazy part is now for me is that this is when. We're not the same Clippers. That's why I call them. These are the new Bomber Clippers, new new Bomber era. Because the Lakers fans are really upset now. They're scared because now we're good. We we was only a, a player away. Now we got two players. So exactly. We, are, we still got the same team. No, the I, only person we're going to really miss is Shake. You know what I'm saying? And and I and I wish Shake all the best out there. But you know, sometimes you got to give up. You got to give up somebody good to get somebody better. So yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I the, the thing about this roster to me, it's the deepest roster in the NBA. When you got guys like Pat Beverly, when you got guys like Shamet. I mean, Landry Shamet. I mean, I think he's pretty much one of the best kept secrets really, in the NBA. This guy, to me, is going to be the sharpshooter, the marksman. He's going to have open looks. But then you got Mo Harkless. You brought back Green. And I just love the mm-hmm. – I mean, I love the dogs. Lou Williams. I mean, it's a team full of pit bulls. And I'm telling you, this no one wants to play this Clipper team. And going back to the Laker thought, you just, you just feel like for the first time – and tell me if you disagree or agree with me – that 
the Laker fans care more about the Clippers than the Clipper fans care more about the Lakers. Clipper fans are living rent-free, and hey, I'll admit, I grew up a Laker fan. I feel like the Clipper fans and Clipper Daryl, they're living rent-free in the Lakers' minds more so than the other way around. Would you agree with that? I mean, the rent-free, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the Clippers play rent just like everybody else do. <laughs> but my, my, my biggest thing is now is, like, we have something to stand on. And I just lost a very good friend of mine that was a diehard Lakers fan, and, and he's, he used to take good care of me, man. And now it's like he doesn't want to speak to me now. You oh, know? wow. And exactly. So, and it's because our team is good now. That's that's that's, how he, that's why I want to – People see me tweet, tweet, right? They be like, "Oh, girl, nobody's scared." But I usually I, I tweet stuff because some of it's inside my circle. So, you know, when when you lose a friend because your team is good, was he really a friend? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, it's not that serious. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so to lose a friend it, over that, it's crazy to me. That's how I used to go to all the games. On their side, when they play the Clippers, you know it is what it is. But my thing is, I'm so proud of this organization, man. To the owner, to the front office, down to the coaches, to the players, to the sales team, this whole entire organization, man. It's 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 so so beautiful, man, to be a Clipper fan right now. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, really, I think it's great for both teams because both teams, you know, they're going to be looking at the standings. They're going to be feeding off each other. And to me, it makes Los Angeles, which is already a basketball-crazed town. Look, basketball is bigger than football here. It's bigger than baseball. It makes basketball in Los Angeles the center of the basketball universe for the next four to five years, and then – and then who knows after that? But you got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George against Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Have you been anticipating a game like that Lakers-Clippers matchup in a long time? How much are you anticipating that matchup with the purple and gold? I'm counting the days, man. I'm counting the days. October 22nd, man, opening night. Lakers-Clippers, baby. And it's the Clippers home game, baby. Yeah, it's going to be the realest thing. Now, a couple more questions. By the way, really appreciate it. Been very generous with your time tonight. Going to throw a couple more your way. What do you think about about Kawhi Leonard and the whole load management situation? I know that people are saying, oh, he's going to come in. He's going to load manage. You can't load manage in the West, especially with all the competition. It's so stiff. It's so stacked in the Western Conference. Me, my take on that is you got guys like like Harkless, like Beverly, guys that can pick it up and let uh, let Kawhi Leonard almost almost roam on defense a little bit. But what's your take on the whole will Kawhi Leonard low management or not as far as this upcoming season? I love this team. I respect this team. And I'm going to let the coaches step in the front office deal with the low management situation. They're going to do what's best for the team. So whatever they feel was best for the team, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, go with it. And you know, and looking for, and just looking for to a straight, you know, victory, man. And you know, I'm I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at a lot of situations, but I'm not gonna question this organization because this organization has came a long way from where it used to be. So I don't, you know, what I'm saying. I'm not going to interfere with that. I'm gonna let the coaches do the coaching, front office do their job, and if if, if they want to do the load management with Kawhi, and I I don't even feel he's going to do load management with us, but if it happens. They know what's best for this team. Yeah. No, that that's what I've been saying to people. I'm saying, hey, 
a, a franchise that in just a few years, you went from Donald Sterling to Steve Ballmer, and a few years you hired Doc Rivers, you trade for Paul George, you get the best. In my opinion, Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA. I know some people will still say LeBron James. I know some people might say Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. But what we saw from Kawhi Leonard, defensively, offensively, the best two-way players in the NBA are in the same backcourt. And to me, they're really just the front runners. Vegas has told us they're the odds-on favorite. But to me, I'm with you. you got to trust an organization that has it buttoned up from top to bottom. And really, they've earned your trust. And I know that uh, I know that you feel the same way about your Clippers. A couple things, just going into this year, I know this is a special year. Do you have anything special planned? Any special suits? I mean, what's your game plan? Is it just going to be the same Clipper Daryl just bringing it 110% every game? What's uh, What are your thoughts on anything special heading into this year? as far as Clipper Daryl goes? I got something special coming out. I got a special Clipper card that's being built as we speak. So that'll be debuting probably in the next probably in the next couple of by the next month. Probably probably in September. So it'll be debuting so for the for the season. So it's gonna be ready. Uh suit wise, I'm not sure on what I'm gonna do right now. I'm I'm undecided. I I was thinking about some changes, but you know what I'm saying? Sometimes change don't you know it ain't, it's not about me about this team it's about what this team is going to do and that's what I, that's what i'm there for i'm there to, i'm there to cheer this team on to some victories man so we can get to the nba finals man and i believe i can actually say clippers and the nba finals championship in one sentence now so that's your expectations you're calling your shot clippers are going to win the larry ob this year larry ob baby larry ob I love it. I love it. Well, hey, Clipper Daryl, thank you for joining us here on the Get More Sports Podcast. Have a great season. I'm going to be looking for you all season long because you're in for the biggest ride of your life. I'm telling you, the best is yet to come for the Clippers organization. But thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Hope to talk to you during the season at some point. But thanks again, oh, Clipper Daryl. Yeah, this is, hey, this is better going to Magic Mountain, man. This is a better ride than Magic Mountain right now, baby. I love it, man. I love it. And I love Magic Mountain, too. But, hey. What, exactly. Me, oh, too. Actually, hey, what are your, a couple more things. Now, like, what are your thoughts on the Inglewood move? you like that? Do you like the idea of having your own stadium in Inglewood? Oh, man, I can't wait till we get, get our own stadium, man. You know what I'm saying? We got, but that's exciting. You know what I'm saying? We got a guy that's going to spend his own money. We got an owner that, that's going to spend his own money. He's not worried about it. He ain't got to worry about tax money and worry about the city paying for it. He's going to pay for it. So you know, matter of fact, I was over at Hollywood uh, Park Casino today. So I was looking at the, I was looking at the location of it. So it, it's gonna be pretty nice, man. You know, I'm looking forward to it, man. I know it's, they say 2024, but hey, that's only another what four years, five years. You they got a five year lease on the um on the stable city anyway, so they can't give that up for another five years anyway. So no, that's good. You know. For a guy who's got fifty bill, fifty billion in the bank, that that is going to be like the Taj Mahal of basketball. I've heard it's going to be like fifteen, sixteen thousand, really exclusive in Inglewood. I think that is going to be a palace. And also, one more thought: What do you think about? I heard Steve Ballmer mentioning the idea of he doesn't, he hasn't completely ruled out the possibility of changing the Clippers' name or changing the jerseys, changing the colors. Are you about that? Are you loyal to the current Clipper logo, the Clipper colors? What are your thoughts on that idea? You know, it's not about the name, man. It's about the, it's about the players in the uniform. So, you know what I'm saying? Whatever he wants to do, whatever, you know, uh, changing. Because the media gave me this name. What's happening now? 
the media gave me this name. So if the media changes it to the new to the new uh, logo, whatever team name it is, fine. If not, it don't matter to me, man. As long as we win, that's what it's all about, man. All I want to do is win. I want to win an NBA uh, NBA championship and bring that Larry O'Brien and hold it up in the air and say, we finally did it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I was about to say, the only name you care about is, the, is Larry O'Brien. And I'm telling you, the Clippers, they're going to make a run at it. It's going to be an exciting next couple years in Los Angeles. But thanks again. I really appreciate you joining us, rocking with us here on the Get More Sports Podcast. Thanks again, Clipper Daryl, and talk to you next time, my man. All right. Let's go, Clippers. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, man. Take it easy, baby. Thank you.